Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, and welcome to mini number seven. This is the seventh tiny little nugget of awesomeness that is where you write in the things about disability and I read them back to you in hilarious speculative fashion that makes all of us feel amazing and this is number seven of that so super super excited that you're here for the the next minisode and let's jump right in so as you all know i've been asking you to send your emails and your thoughts and your feelings to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com for the minisodes and for the last couple of weeks i've been opening up the email inbox and I wasn't seeing anything, and I was like, well, that's weird. I've been asking for people to send in stuff. Why aren't I seeing these things? And I realized finally last week, after like three weeks of having this email box, that I was looking at the wrong fucking email box, and it wasn't even disabilityafterdark.gmail.com. It was like a totally different email that I don't know how I got into. I guess I, I made a bunch to try to test out the account, and I guess it was my test account, but then when I finally opened the right email box, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, I found so many letters and possible minisodes, and I was like super excited because I was like, wow, this is actually working, this is really cool, this is really great, and now I have content for the minisodes. So, to those of you who wrote in, thank you so much. For this episode, I asked people to write in, you know, funny, hilarious sex things that involve disability that only happen to you if you were disabled. And I got some pretty hilarious ones, so I'm going to read them now. And I made a point of not reading any of them beforehand because, well, I, I mean, I skimmed them to make sure they were, like, they were valid on topic. But I didn't read them in full because I want to give you my full-on live reaction as I read here today. So let's do that. Some of the people who wrote in asked to remain anonymous, so I'm not going to share share their names with you, but somebody wrote in and said, Hi, Andrew. One of my disabilities is Tourette's syndrome, amongst other things, and that can cause some funny moments. The one that made me and my partner laugh the most was when, when we were having sex and I suddenly ticked, This is the shittiest sex ever, but I bet it's still better than shagging the Queen of England. <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. whoa. Like, what What was the reaction? What, what happened, like, when... <laughs> what happened after after you said that? Like, was there a weird silence of, like, okay, that happened. Um, they say, me and my partner just laughed a lot. Thanks for the podcast. I enjoy it and find it very fascinating. That's really awesome that you could laugh at that. And I'm, I, I hope that your tick has brought you more hilarious sex things you've said in bed and not meant to. Um... 
I wonder where that phraseology came from. I wonder why that tick came out right at that moment. I'm curious, but it's really, <laughs> I can imagine being there and just, just falling over laughing, being like, what did you just say? That's amazing. Let's giggle and have some more sex. So thanks for sharing that. I got an email from a longtime listener, my friend Mandy, who writes, A few years ago, I was in a long-distance relationship with a man named Bill, who has cerebral palsy and lived in an apartment building with other disabled people and staff who would check on everyone at random. One spring, we were finally able to set up a week where I would fly up to see him. We set up boundaries with the staff, they helped him buy protection, and even got me rides to and from the airport. Everything was going to be great. After not seeing each other for years, our sex drives were at full force. Once the staff dropped us off in the apartment and gave us a time frame on when they would be back, things started to get a little hot and steamy, first with making out, and before you know it, I was straddled on his wheelchair, shirt off, bra about to come undone, my glasses tossed on the coffee table. Hot. And then, there he was. <gasps> Who? There was... <laughs> A short, stubby man with a limp walks in, stares me dead in the face. I grab my bra just as it was about to fall off me to cover my bits. Not that it would have done anything anyway. Hello, who the fuck are you? I say nicely, despite dropping an F-bomb. Bill pulls his face off my neck and looks up. Oh god, no. Hi, Billy. I sit in your recliner now. Tommy, you're not supposed to be here, Billy scolded at him, but it was too late. Tommy, his next-door neighbor, who had emotional and intellectual disabilities, decided he would camp out on Bill's recliner and watch Netflix, but not before he walked up to a topless me and shook my hand. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Given his... The staff came in just as I got dressed and escorted him out, but his presence would be well-known the whole week. Given his issues, he would hallucinate and start shouting at his dead brother in the middle of the night. Oh, that sounds terrifying. One thing we were told was not to be too loud in the, the event we would set him off. They said him being set off would cause him harm, other than getting a decent night's sleep. I'm a quiet person when it comes to sex, but Bill is loud. Each night I was there and we got frisky, I would try to keep him quiet, but to my dismay, Tommy would be set off almost every night we were there. A creepy guy yelling at his dead brother in mid-climax kind of kills the mood. <laughs> definitely, definitely for sure you're right about that, for sure. One night I told Bill to shut up so we wouldn't send him off. His reply made it all worth it. He can be loud, but we can be louder. <laughs> Amazing. She then goes on to say, The disabled dating experience in a special housing situation is one not often talked about, and this sort of thing is the reason why, although we had privacy from the staff, neighbors are a different story. Despite the accidental cockblocker, we made it work, but it was one hell of a adventure that still makes us laugh to this day. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Thanks so much, Mandy, for sending that in. I definitely... I don't know how what I would do if somebody who I wasn't expecting was standing at my door and want, being like, Hi! Oh, you're fucking? I'm just gonna stand here. <laughs> Weird. Oh no. But thank you for sending that in. I got another one from Kimmy who says, Hey Andrew, I saw you were looking for funny crib sex stories. So a few years back, I was dating this really sweet dude, and he was always very enthusiastic about helping me find new sex positions I could do. 
Positioning is a, is a challenge for me as I'm borderline quad and I'm a full-blown para with bullet and bone damage from C6 to T4. In my ignorance, Kimmy, you're going to have to teach me. I know that those are spinal column numbers, but I'm not sure exactly where, so please educate me on where because I don't know, but okay. Um, so one day we thought we'd try me on top. He was a pretty big guy with a very big jelly donut-like belly that made this difficult, but we were in love and horny and, and gonna make it work. So we combined our efforts into tossing my leg over his hips and rolling together so he could lift me on top of him. We did it. Success. Yay! Because I know how hard it is to get when, you, when you're disabled and you want to get in that position and, or in any position that's hard for you, and you finally do it and you're like, yes! For me, this is not so much a sex position, but this is like... When I'm by myself and I'm on my back in the dead turtle position and I want to roll over and I finally do the roll, it's like I fucking won the Olympics because I just roll over. So I get it. Totally. Kimmy continues. Then we started to actually have sex and he bounced me with such force that not only did my poorly balanced body fall off of him, but I was bounced off the bed as well. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It was like a scene out of a movie where everything <laughs> moved in slow motion as my face got closer to the carpet on the floor. I found myself naked and confused with him standing above me also naked, confused, and so remorseful. I directed him in getting some sturdy jeans for me to help me up, get back on the bed, and reassured him I was okay. Well, the sex was done for the moment. We had a good laugh at me flying through the air. Smiley face, Kimmy. Oh no, I hope you were okay and I hope you didn't break anything. And if you did break something, I hope you went to the ER and told the doctors that you broke the thing during sex. Because that's what I would do. But that's... I understand getting in, trying to get in the right position as a disabled person can be super hard. And that definitely makes for a hilarious visual, for sure. I got an email from Corbin who says... I used to have a pretty healthy sex life before I was married and before living in the armpit of America, also known as North Dakota. Before I moved back to the Pacific Northwest, which they've spelled here as PNW, I had to look it up because I didn't know. So they say, before I moved back to the Pacific Northwest, I decided to get on some dating hookup sites to find some good candidates that I would be compatible with in bed. Seems fairly easy considering most men will stick their dick in just about anyone. This is not always true, but I understand where that came from. I ended up receiving a message from a beautiful woman who was open to dating a non-bio male. We chatted for over a month before my move and decided to meet up soon after I got here. First date should have been dinner and good conversation. However, we ended up really hitting it off and she invited me to stay over. There was no way I was going to say no. Hot, hot, hot. We cuddled on the couch, and I introduced her to the amazing AbFab, which if anybody doesn't know, this is absolutely fabulous, and everybody should be watching it all the time. It's my favorite series that's ever come out from anywhere ever. You all should watch it immediately. It's the greatest show ever. Jennifer Saunders and Don French are amazing. So they continue, She grew up sailing all over the world, so TV wasn't part of her life until recently. After a few hours of awkward small talk, she finally kissed me. My mind was, was in a million places. I haven't been with a woman in a long time, so I wasn't sure what the next steps were. I think she knew I was nervous, so she made the decisions for me by leading me to her room hand in hand. 
This was her first time with a trans guy, so we are both out of our comfort zones at this point. She didn't waste any time before having my clothes off and her face between my legs. I wasn't expecting any of this and didn't come prepared with medication. I figured I'd be okay. Nope. Bad idea. She brought me to climax with her mouth four times before she started to fuck me. My body started to tremble and I just knew that a seizure was on its way. Oh no! I thought I'd have to come... I thought I'd have time to come and run to the bathroom so that she didn't see, but the second I started to climax, a seizure hit me like a freight train. Full-on whole body meltdown. Oh, dear. What did you do? Oh, no. When I came to, I was embarrassed and I began to cry. What did she do? She held me and told me that I was safe and it's okay to let go. We're still dating and we laugh about how hard my climax was the first time. I tell her that it was the best orgasm I've ever had because it was absolutely incredible. Embarrassing, uncomfortable, and definitely wet. Wow, that's an awesome story, and that's that is not where I expected that to go. Thank you so much for sharing, and thank you for being so open about your identity and sharing the, about the seizure thing too, because we don't hear a lot about seizure sex. And I'm glad you wanted to share, Carmen. Thank you so much. And that's how you do a Minnesota. You write in the funny things and I read back the funny things to you and I speculate wildly on what I think about the funny things. And this episode, Minnesota 7, where you wrote in about your funny sex stories, I got so many that I want to save a few to do a, a Minnesota later. But this is how you do it. Just send it in. Send in any thoughts or feelings you have around disability, sexuality, ableism, anything you want about disability, send it to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, and I will turn it into a Minnesota. For Minnesota number eight, I've been asking people to send me in moments where they had to deal with ableism and how they felt about it, what they did about it, what they wanted to say about it, what maybe they didn't say about it, and how it made them feel. So send in your thoughts and feelings on ableism and experiences you've had with that for Minnesota number eight uh, to, again, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Clearly, the Minnesotas are my favorite thing that I've created. This is literally so much fun. And thank you all so much for writing. And I can't wait to get more. And uh, that's the Minnesota. And the full episode comes out on Friday. And it's all about, well, you'll just have to listen on the next Disability After Dark. Thanks. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018